Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 73, Lacey Crust Bryozoans. Last week, we were talking about DNA barcoding, the process of extracting DNA from an organism and using the information contained in specific genes, like a grocery store barcode, to identify the organism to species. I recently did this with my first-year biology students, a multi-week process that culminates in getting DNA sequences back from a commercial lab, ready for us to compare to databases of known genetic sequences. The students were excited to learn the identities of the organisms they collected. I have been doing this activity for three years now with my students, and one organism that always successfully barcodes is the lacy crust bryozoan, Membranopora membranacea. You've probably seen this animal if you've ever found a piece of kelp washed up on the beach. It gets its common name, lacy crust, from its habit of growing on the surface of algae in a most delicate lacy pattern. If you zoom in and look closely at it, you'll see the origins of its other common name, coffin box, as each of the individual units of the crust look like a tiny rectangular coffin. The superstructure of this animal is a mineralized chitinous exoskeleton. That is what makes the lacy crust made of those tiny coffin boxes. Chitin is a carbohydrate that many organisms use as a structural molecule. Fungi, insects, lobsters, and yes, the lacy crust bryozoan. In this case, the chitin is mineralized with calcium carbonate, giving it even more structural integrity and a white color. Inside each little box is the living part the animal, called the zoid. This bryozoan is a colonial animal, which means that each little box and its zoid is connected to every other little box and zoid in the colony. A single patch of lacy crust bryozoan is a single colony. Each individual zoid can do its own thing and may have a specific job, but the colony as a whole shares fluid and resources through pores in the walls of each of those tiny little boxes. Each colony starts as a free-swimming larva, they're described as triangle-shaped, and when I've seen them in plankton toes, I call them the flying pizza, because they look like slices of pizza swimming around. After a few weeks of swimming and eating, the larva settles down and starts to build a colony. Because they are the founders of the colony, that first individual zoid is known as the ancestrula. They grow by asexual reproduction. They clone themselves, budding off new individuals that never fully separate. Staying connected is the essence of a colonial animal. The word bryozoan, the blanket term for this group of organisms, means moss animal, referring to their growth habit, low and sometimes fuzzy, covering the substrates they live on. Another characteristic bryozoans share is the lophophore, a ring of tentacles used for feeding. When the zoid emerges from its box, it extends its lophophore, which looks kind of like a tiny palm tree, out into the water. These finger-like tentacles capture particles floating by, things like phytoplankton and bacteria, which the tentacle flicks into the animal's mouth, which is conveniently found at the center of this tentacular ring. The primary predators are sea slugs, soft-bodied, shellless mollusks that graze on all manner of invertebrates, including hydroids, another not-so-much-related but also moss-like marine invertebrate. Membranopora grow spines on the corners of their little coffin boxes to help fend off sea slug predation. Membranopora is well known in certain circles for being one of many introduced marine species that may have a negative ecological impact on the habitats that it's introduced to. It is endemic to the eastern Atlantic, 
primarily northern Europe, and to the eastern Pacific, but it was not known in western Atlantic waters until the 1980s. And while it looks fairly innocuous and doesn't grow as large as some other introduced marine invertebrates, researchers have documented negative impacts on the kelp it grows on. It potentially impacts kelp reproduction and makes the algal fronds weaker, resulting in more damage from heavy seas and storms. The student who barcoded this bryzoin was delighted and has gone on to investigate this creature further, which, as an educator, is the best you can hope for. We'll explore more of these organisms in future episodes. This has been episode 73 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The show is produced on Wabanaki land. Check out a photo of a bryzoan on our Instagram. Search at The Essential Rhythm. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Siddhartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening and join us next week.